the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and sign up for the Daily Wink. Ed Martin's Daily Wink, what you need to know, what you need to know, Daily Wink right there, ProAmericaReport.com. Great to be with you. As always, got some great guests. If you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you'll always see all of the segments of the radio show over there as standalone links you can get to. And so go over there and check that out and lots of other stuff there. So ProAmericaReport.com, appreciate you doing that. All right. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. You'll see a lot of the stuff we're up to right there on Twitter. Okay, well, we've got some things today, some interesting guests uh, today. We're going to talk in a few minutes to a gentleman who was fired from his job because he described Black Lives Matter as an organization whose principles struck him as like a terrorist organization. Now, this gentleman, as a young guy, he teaches at a very uh, a Catholic school. He's a more conservative guy, but he was it's not like he was unknown. I mean, he's been doing podcasts and things, So, but we'll hear about that. We'll get a breakdown of that. And our friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker... Uh, will come in and weigh in. You know, if you haven't seen... Uh, Brett Decker is uh, fired up over uh, the Supreme Court, and so we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. If you haven't seen the speech by Josh Hawley on the floor of the Senate, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, good friend of mine, if you haven't seen that speech, you need to go find it. It's about 12 minutes long, maybe a little bit less, and it's as good a summation of where we are in terms of the court's betrayal of we the people. You just want to check it out. So um, that's a good one to see and, and find that and track it down. But today, what you need to know, it's kind of a weekend edition. We're heading into the weekend. What you need to know, I want to point you to a tweet that may have missed people's um, radar. And, you know, there's been a lot of Twitter, uh, a lot of tweets by Donald Trump in the last couple days, a ton of attention on a lot of it. But there was a tweet from, uh, I believe it was was Thursday afternoon, about four o'clock. And the tweet referred to this. It's Donald Trump's tweets. And I've told you before, his Twitter feed is very important. It's a very important Twitter feed because he's actually leading the country through it. I mean, he's using it both to get feedback as well as to influence what we're thinking. So here was Donald Trump's tweet tweet from uh, Thursday afternoon, about 3.56, just before 4 p.m. East Coast time. Donald Trump's tweet. It was not Ambassador Lighthouser's fault yesterday in committee in that perhaps I didn't make myself clear, but the U.S. certainly does maintain a policy option under various conditions of a complete decoupling from China. Thank you. Now, what's he talking about? Well, Adam Lighthouser, who is, uh, excuse me, Ambassador Lighthouser, who is one of the uh, president's uh, team, he's appointed and serves, I think it's the title is the trade representative, and that's an officially ambassador level uh, appointment. So Lighthouser was before one of the committees up on Capitol Hill, I believe, and he was asked, you know, is the U.S. policy decoupling? And I think he said no. And so the, the story went out and said, oh, see, the Americans don't have that option on the table. That's what the president's doing. He's basically coming out and saying, no, no, it's all on the table. All the options are on the table. I, I'm not backing away from that. We might very well decouple. Here's my point to you. 
At this point, and oh, and by the way, I'm going to start a webinar. You know, I, I run something called Project Pro America for the through the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. If you go to uh, phyllisschlafleyeagles.com, you'll see it. It's a weekly webinar, seven weeks, and the topic is the problem of China, colon, the coming excuse me, not not the coming, I I toyed with that, Uh, our second Cold War, the problem of China, our second Cold War, seven episodes, seven uh, one-hour episodes of a webinar, which is done live each Wednesday, but you can also get them on the video also. And and I've been researching this, I've been looking into it, and it's so important to understand what we're facing at this moment in our history. And although what the president is doing here is clarifying that on the table, the negotiating table, is everything from totally decoupling to working together on trade deals, and he's, he's wanting to keep that option open, I can tell you, my opinion is that it, we only will win and save our country if we decouple from China. So think about this, what they've done to us, what China's done to us. They, they fed us the Wuhan virus, and by not warning us ahead of time and allowing their people to travel all over the world, tens of thousands of people all over the world, heavily into places like northern Italy, where it spread from northern Italy. You know, Governor Cuomo rightly got a grief by saying it wasn't a Chinese virus that got us. It was coming from Europe. He's an idiot, because how he said that is meant to, dis- uh, either it's either dumb, or he's meant to, he's trying to dis- distract you and and uh, and 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 and, um, and mislead you because the, the 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 Wuhan virus came from Wuhan China and a lot of the first place it went to was Italy because there were lots of workers Chinese workers that flew back to Italy to work and then they did people did get the infected in in northern Italy and fly to America but anyway back to my point so what has China done to us in the last six months they've given us the Wuhan virus and lied about it They've lied about it. They didn't give us... It's not one thing to have a problem and then tell us. They lied about it. They, and, and that cost us thousands of lives. And the direct cause of, of our shutdown, whether you call it an overreaction or not, doesn't matter. It is what happened, is because of the Wuhan virus. So we have sick people in America, some dying because of the Wuhan virus. We have economy, you know, uh, just stretched to the limits with lots of unemployment because of the Chinese. And... That's just before we get to what they've done in the last 20 years, where they have systematically taken jobs by lowering the cost of business in China and and, and, and taking advantage of us. They've systematically stolen our tech, the tech transfer, whether by legal means or, or illegal means. And they've been giving us fentanyl and killing tens of thousands of Americans every year, 50,000 maybe. So these are bad, bad dudes that are running the communist Chinese regime, and it's a bad, bad situation, and it is going to lead to a decoupling with China. It is. I talked to somebody who runs a $2 billion tech company. He's moving his jobs back from China. Two-thirds of his jobs, his production was in China, and he said you can't, it's not tenable anymore. It doesn't make sense anymore. You can't do it as a matter of small p politics or, or small b business. And so he's moving it back. His company's moved back. It's not him. He doesn't own it. He's one of the key guys, though, and key leaders. So the point here is, it is a second Cold War, and, and we are now at a point very similar to after World War II, when you had people say, well, the Soviet Union, we, we don't like what they're doing now, but we, you know, we once got along with them, and, and, you know, in terms of fighting the war, and now they're doing some crazy things, we don't like it, but we're not going to fight another war, right? We don't want to fight a hot war, so and maybe they'll trade with us, maybe they'll trade with us, and let's not get too caught up, and it took 30 years, and ultimately Ronald Reagan, to say, we win 
win, you lose to the Soviet communists. And it's beginning now with Donald Trump. It won't be over in, in one term. It might be over in two terms, but I think it'll take longer. But it's the second Cold War. It's upon us. If we don't have a second Cold War, then we've lost America. That's the choice. Because at this rate, did you see the statistic that there was, um, what is it, how many was it, 80? I'm sorry, I'll have to look it up for sure. I think it was I think it was NIH scientists who were fired. Uh, NIH scientists, this was on Cernovich, uh, at Cernovich, um, uh, you know, the uh, Mike Cernovich's Twitter feed flagged this story. Yeah, there it is. More than 50 scientists were fired or resigned from the NIH because why? Because they discovered, our our investigators discovered, 54 scientists lost their jobs. It was discovered that there was foreign money that they were being paid, and it was they weren't revealing that. So, in other words, they're getting money from foreign entities, and they're not revealing it. Well, it doesn't it isn't clear that they were like taking it to play golf, you know, play uh, go on golf gambits or anything. We don't know. But you know what happened when they looked at the 54? Do you, I mean this is going to surprise you? When they looked at the 54, it's just the beginning of this story. It turns out that most of them were Chinese, Chinese money. 93% of the 54 had been getting money from China. So that's what you have going on. You have a situation where you are, you're getting people, you're having people go ahead and get money from China doing research and not tell anyone. Can you believe it? Now, back in the era of the 1950s and 60s, the Soviets were doing the same thing. They were sending money in. They were bribing State Department officials. They had spies and all that. And they've done the same. China's done. Communist China's done the same thing in our universities, in our media, in our government. And it has to stop. It's a second Cold War. It's on now. If we don't have it and decouple, we will have lost America. And, And our energy needs to be articulating for people. What is happening and why we're in the second Cold War? It's a huge fight. It's a huge fight and it's a huge problem, but we can win it. We know how to do it. All right, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we got great guests. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com. Visit ProAmericaReport.com. Find out more. Sign up for the Daily Wink. That's what you need to know right there. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be back. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. You can track all these great interviews like I'm about to do with Tim Gordon. And also you can sign up for the daily email there, which you want to do. So um, I I picked up this um, personality. I didn't even pick up the story. I did see the story, but I I noticed that on Twitter there was a guy named Tim Gordon who was um, very uh, outspoken, but also very thoughtful. He's a, he, I could tell uh, reading his, um, his uh, bio, he's a teacher. He'd written books. He got a theology background, just an interesting guy. And uh, so I was tracking him and then he lost his job as a teacher at uh, a Catholic school because he was commenting on Black Lives Matter, the so-called cancel culture, which usually you get canceled. They throttle you back on Twitter or, you know, we're seeing the federalist.com uh, get jerked around. But here he actually is. Uh, he's paying, paying a bigger price. And as his Twitter feed is at Tim O theology. What am I What do I do here, Tim? You have to explain what you're doing there at Tim O theology. There's two. Yeah, I don't know. I'll put it up on social media, but welcome. First of all, Tim Gordon. How are you, sir? I'm excellent. Thanks a million. I'm pleased to be with you today. 
Well, it's good to be with you, and you got books that you've written, and your website is timothyjgordon.com. They can find out more about what you're doing. But first, let me ask you, um, how, how have you found uh, being a writer, being a blogger, using social media? Because you're very upfront that you're, um, you're coming at this from a faith perspective. You're someone who's, that's one of your leading uh, aspects of who you are. So tell me how well or poorly before this, it was working for you to be communicating and educating and teaching broadly, not just at school well i'm I'm the original conservative uh uh, viewpoint uh, thomism that's thomas aquinas the greatest scholar saint of the church teach it every day in the classroom as the theology department chairman and it's entirely applicable to uh horrible popular uh current events like the rioting the murder the mayhem in the streets we've been seeing for the last two and a half weeks and so when i comment on it um on Twitter, so, you know, some of my students pick it up. Most of my students in my political, uh, politically conservative city of Bakersfield, California, they like it. They see it. The families here appreciate me, and they also know that I'm teaching their kids the true faith. But I'll tell you what, man, it, um, I'm in a good position to make apt statements on terrorist organizations like BLM, a statement like yeah. BLM is a terrorist organization which is an FBI designation. And when you do so, you get the blowback even from uh, a Catholic school, especially from a Catholic school in 2020. And we're talking with uh, Tim Tim Gordon, and uh, again, his website is timothyjgordon.com, uh, and you should go check it out. He's got a lot of books he's written, his writings there, uh, even your statement. So uh, today, I noticed a day or two ago, or, or it's, tw- it's, p- it's pinned on your tweet about the statement you put out after you were, after you were terminated. Um, what's the progression here? I mean, you, you, by the way, you've been doing a podcast too, right? I mean, you're not, this isn't like a new, you weren't the guy that was teaching, uh, you know, middle English lit and, and uh, you know, kind of chanting Beowulf and then suddenly made a comment. You've been teaching theology. You've been teaching about the challenges that church faces and all this. In other words, you're not, uh, you're not new to this. So what's the, what's the, um, what, what's your description of the, tell me what happened. You, you, you said, you said something on Twitter and then you just get bam out, out of, out of the blue, the school uh, sends you a message. Yeah, it's a weird precipitous development because I am a, a well-known uh, Catholic conservative. I was, you know, had pretty much I was co-host on the number one Catholic podcast of 2018-2019 along with Dr. Taylor Marshall. A lot of your uh, audience will be familiar with him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I was yeah. doing all of that kind of daylighting as a theology uh, uh, department chairman at Garces Memorial High School in Bakersfield. Again, the reason I keep hitting this is because most people are used to big education mill Catholic high schools being characterized as sellouts, which is apt. But um, Garson is a little different because it's a politically conservative area whose um, faithful donors in the area, the one Catholic high school, have famously turned into a mantra, hey, if anything ever happens to Tim Gordon, then we no longer support the school. And I was department chairman of theology, teaching their kids the real faith. So, And I've written two books. I have a third one coming out um, later this year. And my podcast is called Rules for Retrogrades, along with one of my books. And it's, it's both conservative and it's Catholic, going in the same direction. So, no, it was not a sudden development that I should tweet something like BLM is a terrorist organization. It's an anti-Christian, 
anti-family organization with destroying the Western nuclear family in its mission statement. And so it's insane. It's masochism. It is Stockholm syndrome for my school to have fired me, which they did on, on June the 3rd after a petition from some disgruntled alums from the school, leftist alums, petitioned the school. Uh, you know, it, it all happened within a few hours on June 3rd. You know, uh, and and again, the thing here's the thing. I just I did a segment earlier. It might have been yesterday on my program when I said that uh, people are so sick. It's like I don't know whether it's a silent majority. You know, I, I actually sent an email to Pat Buchanan to ask him to call him. He he is great friends with the late Phyllis Schlafly, my boss. And so every now and then I'll talk to him and see if he can tell me what he thinks compared to sixty eight and seventy two politically. So I don't know if it's a silent majority. I don't know what the number is. Is what I'm saying. But there's a silent uh, kind of contingent that is sitting there saying we're not we're sick of this man. We're sick of hearing and there's nobody standing up nobody actually saying what the heck are you talking about that's not true that's not the truth so i want to ask you because i want to be encouraged i hope i will be have you got a lot of support have you had people coming out of the woodwork saying man tim gordon you said what we knew you're paying a price but we believe in you is there been that kind of groundswell or once again is someone who's standing up for the truth maybe standing alone it's an important question, and there, there are two dimensions. One's good, one's bad. Silently, I, I will say, thank you, conservatives and, and Catholics and Christians. I have gotten a lot of support on my website, timothyjgordon.com. People have been very generous. There's a, there's a donate button there, and I really, really appreciate that. That's the upside. Yeah. The downside is this, uh, Mr. Martin, that people don't want to do it themselves. Which makes, uh, which renders mythic or at least exaggerated the extent to which we can reasonably discuss a silent majority or a sleeping giant. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna piss off the conservative majority in this country, uh, radicals, if you keep this up. Know that there's not. The, the people that are donating to me, thank you. But what we need to start doing is having everyone out there speaking their mind and talking because um, the First Amendment, which protects our speech as against the government, uh, against something called viewpoint discrimination, as the late, great Justice Scalia called it, that only protects against government actors, against government defendants. It does not protect, you don't have a First Amendment right, as against other private sector actors like your employer. So what the left does, who's basically genius, they're winners, we on the right are soggy losers, we have nothing to laugh at them about, aside from the wrongness of their ideas, but they're great at selling their wrong ideas. What they do is they attack us using private sector actors, and it's something that we must rechristen like nuanced viewpoint discrimination. There's no way to attack it since we don't have a right against non-government, uh, non-governmental actors. The only way to begin doing it is to change the culture where we all speak loudly in the same tone of voice with the same substantive ideas to our employees. We say, no, we're going to, we're going to all talk this way. This is, this is what we believe, not in the hushed dulcet tones. Uh, hey, I, I think this is really great. I'm glad you came on, and uh, and we're talking with Tim Gordon. And again, uh, he mentioned his website, timothyjgordon.com. He's got a, a button there to help uh, support him and his work and buy his books. And I'll put all of it up on social media. Tim, I don't, I try. I think I started uh, pinging you on on Twitter, but I finally found w- one biography that describes this that you studied in Rome at two universities, and I studied in Rome at two universities, and quite amazingly, they're the same two. And so, how about that? That I bo- I was at the Ange and the Gregorian for 
for a while as a late student as you were too. Uh, so that's good. But uh, boy, you came out really well formed, more well formed than me, man. That was a great explanation of uh, where we are. I look forward to hearing more from you. You know, encourage, I, I want to encourage you. If we can be a resource to get the word out on things, come on back on the show. If you've got more books, I, I did see you got some conferences coming up. Is there anything you're doing uh, soon that you could tell our listeners about? Our, most of our listeners, by the way, our Salem, our radio station originates out of San Diego, uh, but it's also a broadcast around the country as a podcast. But anything upcoming people could be attuned to? Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be doing a Southern California conference in the fall, uh, put on by Mr. Patrick Coffin. I'll be working with Church Militant in August at their conference there. The main thing is to buy my books, Catholic Republic and Rules for Retrogrades, and have one coming out in late 2020 called No Christian Feminism. My podcast is also called Rules for Retrogrades. And again, I was fired. I support six kids and a wife and me, and uh, it was less than two months after my daughter, my somewhat famous eldest daughter, Abigail, had a large brain surgery, a hemispherectomy. So she's still recovering, and at the end of next month, we'll lose our insurance. So any way people can help by buying books or more directly through donations to timothyjgordon.com would be so much appreciated. All right, man. Thank you, Tim Gordon. We'll put it out with the word out and uh, and circulate it. And we wish you well. And uh, and thanks for all you're doing. And like I said, keep me on a, a short chain and let me know what's going on. We'd love to promote your stuff. Uh, so Timothy Gordon, uh, Timothy Gordon again. It's timothyjgordon.com. Thanks for coming on, sir. Thanks a million. Keep the fight. All right, man. We'll talk again soon. I will take another break. We'll be right back. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Get signed up for that daily email as well as track down great interviews like I just had with Tim Gordon. You can listen there and pass them on to your friends and all the rest. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. This is the ProAmerica Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's time to be joined by our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker, the New York Times bestselling author. He's written many books, including one noteworthy one in, in sort of what the context of what's going on called Bowing to Beijing, which is uh, about Obama's policies toward China. And there's a lot of uh, coverage right now of the book coming out, supposedly coming out by uh, John Bolton about President Trump's dealings with China and all. And I'm not sure I believe any of it. But anyway, Dr. Decker also was a uh, Wall Street Journal reporter over in Asia and we're an editorial page editor for the Washington Times and now is a professor at Defiance College in Ohio. Welcome back, Dr. Decker. How are you? I don't know. It seems like every day I look at the news and, and there's some other ridiculous ruling out of the Supreme Court that's just chipping away at the Constitution. So I guess, you know. Well, so let me ask, let me ask you about this one because... Day, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and let me ask you about this one... Yeah. For, yeah, the, the the Gorsuch decision a couple of days ago that take the definition of male and female sex and then turn it into whatever carte blanche. Um, you know, I, I guess the here, here's what I want to say. You, you've been a long time conservative. You've been writing about these issues. You know, you observe politics, though, too. Is it possible to get a conservative uh, vetting process where you actually know these people are going to go and serve on the Supreme Court and not lose their mind? I mean, I think for the it's an important question, right? And I I think you know Gorsuch, if you look at it, especially compared to Kavanaugh, I'm not like Kavanaugh is any fire breathing dragon, you know. Um, but if you look at Gorsuch, she really skated through. So opposition research for the for the Democrats must have known, you know, this guy's no no problem. I you know I know when 
when when they were vetting him uh, in, in our circles, conservative circles, um, Christian circles, there was a lot of focus on, you know, he belongs to some left-wing church in Colorado, and, you know, he drives by five conservative churches to get there. Well, you know, when religion is one of the main um, battlegrounds of the culture war in this country, um, you know, if someone's not that religious, well, maybe that's bad, maybe it's not. But if you do go to church and you go to one that is opposed to everything um, like conservatives stand for, I mean, that should raise some eyebrows, and it didn't. You know, anytime anybody wants to bring up anything and an administration's trying to push through some nominee and the Democrats are on board, like, let's just get this done, our side always gets rolled, right? So, you know, the famous one like Souter, when Poppy Bush was pushing Souter through, and everyone's like, oh, we hear some bad stuff out of New Hampshire about him. Well, they sent Governor Sununu, Daddy Sununu, to just tell everybody, look, I've known this guy for 40 years, he's solid. Well, he ends up being one of the worst justices in a long time. So, you know, I, I think it's very hard if someone's any good to them, to them to sort of make it through the process. And then, and then who's doing a lot of the vetting? A lot of times it's squishy Republican establishment people anyway, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, the, 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 the question I have, by the way, on this decision with Gorsuch, uh, the Gorsuch decision on Title VII, uh, a, a lot, if you look at Alito's dissent, he basically says, um, all the groups lo- r- r- were weighing in on the other, uh, against this decision before, you know, he was saying the position, uh, in Muslim, Catholic, Jewish, uh, Protestant, because they were worried about what this will do. If Title VII can be used as a tool, you, you really can picture, uh, religious institutions being hamstrung. Because you might still get away with being a church if you're the church, but if you're anything ancillary related to a church, like a school, you probably can't. Uh, you probably can't discriminate. You know, you you. No one. I was trying to tell this on a radio interview the other day. After the Civil Rights Act, you couldn't say I have a religion that discriminates against African Americans. That's not allowed. That's right. not considered a strongly held belief that's allowable in terms of religion. Just like you can't have a religion that says I want to have polygamy or a religion that says I want to have underage uh, relations with minors, underage relations, right? So if Title VII can be this way, then you say, well, you're running a school, but you can't can't have any policies that uh, discriminate against transgender or uh, against, right? right? So, I mean, it's coming right at the heart of the American tradition of having all this uh, pluralism in demanding that, but the demand is on secular. You have to be a secularist and subscribe. It's almost the, it's, it is the opposite of tolerance. It's intolerance. You're not going to, nothing's going to be tolerated except the secular religion. And I don't think people see it. I don't think people see the threat. Well, you know, it's a really important point in how this takes it to the new level. And just in the last year, right, there are always cases of, like a Catholic school um, will fire a principal or, or not that long ago there's one fired a theology teacher who was in a same-sex marriage. Well, how can you teach Catholic morality if you're in a same-sex marriage, right? And and at the time, a lot of the defense, and usually the schools win these things because they're like, well, that's opposed to this religion's um, um, doctrine. But a lot of what the legal reasoning is it, uh, on, on the, the victory is, well, there's also a distinction between sex, which is one thing, and sexual or gender identity with another. Well, this new Gorsuch ruling um, gets rid, of, obliterates that difference. So that takes away one of the main protections for 
Christian schools and other religious schools. And, and if you look, this is always the camel's nose under the tent. You know, like right now they're already saying, they're already throwing it out there. Like all of the LGBT groups are saying, okay, we'll carve off an exception for ministers. Oh, thanks a lot, right? So we won't go after right. your priests and your right. rabbis and, and imams. But they're saying that's it. Well, that doesn't last very long either because even in Canada, right, they've arrested priests for speaking against homosexuality in the pulpit. Well, wow. So, so even the sanctuary is not safe once you, um, once, once these laws start going into effect. So, so very dangerous. Uh, and we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker. I want to ask you the observation on the Supreme Court's decision today, which is, uh, excuse me, not today, the, yesterday, the um, the uh, DACA decision about, uh, so Chief Justice Roberts basically comes out and says, yeah, um, I'm not saying you're not allowed to do that, to get rid of a program that Barack Obama started with his pen, but you didn't do it right. You didn't go through the process right. And, and you know, you, I know you worked in the White House. You've worked in the administration, the Bush, W. Bush administration. And again, you've covered uh, the administration. You've covered the communist administration in China when you were in the Wall Street Journal and based in Hong Kong, all this stuff. At, at a certain point, it feels to me like you've got the bureaucratic class, the judges collaborating with the bureaucratic class to say, we're going to run things. Because how much clearer could it be that a Barack Obama started a program with his pen and Donald Trump tried to re- reverse it with his pen? And somehow you can't reverse Obama. And I think that's really fundamental. A lot of people are missing this. The immigration issue is important. But what um, what Chief Justice Roberts is doing with this is even more dangerous, because what he's saying is, right, Obama in the context is important. Obama's executive order for DACA was because he said he wasn't going to enforce congressional law. So already. Obama was saying he wasn't going to do his sworn duty to the Constitution to uphold the laws of the United States, right? So Obama's executive order was already a violation. But now what they're saying is a president, and really getting rid of a previous president's executive order, that should be one sentence. It shouldn't be any complicated forms and process. So what they're saying now, and this is pretty profound, Chief Justice Roberts is saying it's very hard. In fact, there's a higher standard for president to cancel a previous president's executive order. It's really nonsense. And what it really is, it's the next stage of the left and the deep state and the establishment trying to um, trying to say, look, elections don't matter. Because it's very clear, right? One of the biggest issues President Trump was elected on was immigration. Getting rid of this right. should have been one of the easiest right. things. And you right. have some judge saying, no, you can't do it. So it's just another way. Um, right for for the swamp to say this president can't do what he wants and and to me it's we're talking it's really scary yeah. We're talking with uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Uh, Let me get one more question here that I want to ask you about the politics of this. So now you've got a situation where the people who voted for Trump and went with him when he nominated Gorsuch and Kavanaugh um, and said, yeah, he's got all these judges. Isn't this great? Now they see Gorsuch let them down. And, you know, I I often describe to people you had to go. You have to go back in time to understand how powerful it was to get to um, late October in 2016. And just tell voters, someone's going to replace the late Justice Scalia. The seat's empty. It's going to be Hillary or Trump. Who do you want? And they picked Trump. I think that was a big factor for pro-life Catholics, for evangelicals. Now, you say to pro-life Catholics, evangelicals, trust him again. He's going to put on a new list. He said yesterday, Trump's going to put on a new list. Trust him again, but I mean, one for two. I mean, he's one for two on the big pick. 
I don't know. I mean, again, you do, politics is the is the is the art of motivating as well as uh, delivering, you know, uh, uh, policies. Get motivating voters. Feels like voters may be like, yeah, I guess we're I, you know we're not going to get what we want, right? I mean, what where am I wrong? Well, and a lot of voters have long memories, right? At least in this case, like, I mean, we were in we were in like knee pants when Reagan was promising to 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 make the court good. He put Kennedy on there, right? Daddy Bush put on Souter. So it's not only just applying to Trump. It's kind of like Republican, the Republican base, Republican voters are like, wow, for 40 years, we've been hearing about how the GOP is going to fix the court. And this could have been the most solid majority for those 40 years if these Republican presidents did their job. And, and the reality is they haven't. None of them. Right. So, um, you know, and, and I think that's pretty scary. Right. Eventually, I mean, the Republican Party, people are going to be like, you know what, they just don't they don't get it done. Even if you look at how much senators and congressmen attack Trump all the time. Well, the base loves Trump. So what does that say right. about where the party is? And I think eventually yeah. people are just going to stop showing up. All right. Well, I'm glad you didn't stop showing up, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Thanks for joining us. Uh, remember, go remember go to ProAmericaReport.com and you can uh, uh, get signed up for our daily, my daily email and also get these great interviews like the one with Dr. Decker. We got to run, though. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When you think about the deep state, what part of government do you think of? Maybe you think about the Justice Department, the Education Department, or even the White House. There's certainly a lot of deep state activity going on in all those places as deeply entrenched bureaucrats and Obama holdovers try to undermine President Trump's pro-America agenda. However, don't forget to add the Department of Housing and Urban Development to your list of deep state hotspots, too. Despite non-discrimination advisories going back to 2001, property managers with HUD have a long history of discriminating against Christians. It plays out just like the war on Christmas does every December. Lots of HUD housing projects have a common area for tenants. Sometimes tenants will want to stock Bibles in the communal library or hold a Bible study in the community room. Despotic property managers swoop in, claiming their activity violates the separation of church and state, and they clear out any and all references to religion. Under Secretary Ben Carson, the Trump administration has issued new rules to combat this religious discrimination. But some property managers still take it upon themselves to make their own private interpretation of the U.S. Constitution. At this very moment, the American Center for Law and Justice is pressing forward with a lawsuit against a property manager who went through and confiscated all the Bibles and religious materials from a housing complex. This is the deep state at its very worst. Our founding fathers never intended for lifetime bureaucrats to be able to step on the religious freedom of the citizens. That's what so many millions of people come to the United States to escape. This just shows how important it is to root out and eliminate the deep state at every level of government. From the White House to HUD, we're tired of Washington, D.C. telling us how to live our lives. People who live in government housing have just as much right to have a Bible as anyone else. The American people must not let these tyrants rob our fellow citizens in housing developments of their freedoms. If Americans don't stand up and fight now, they'll be coming to your door next. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Get signed up for the daily email as well as track all these great interviews. Hey, let's finish with answering a question for you. Are you ready for a question? I'm going to answer it for you, but I'll ask you the question first. Here's the question. What does communist China, the regime in China, what do the communist Chinese have in common with big tech? Big tech. Well, maybe there's many things. I don't know. But I'll tell you the one. Story runs in the uh, New York Times today, which is an echo to me of a story that ran in the New York Times 25 years ago. I remember seeing it. uh, Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, showed it to me. I think it was not the front page of the paper, but it was one of the inside sections. But it might have been the front page. But it was a photograph of the Chinese, what they called Dengan. Dengan. D-A-N-G-A-N. D-A-N. G-A-N, Dengen. And the Dengen was a, when you were a, um, when you were born in China, and this is 25 years ago, the, the, the image of this is, uh, was you were, um, you were given a manila folder, a manila folder, um, and, and it was then put in, and the photograph was a huge, huge, um, uh, massive, um, oh, how would he call it? Like a, you know, a, um, um, a, a storage facility, like acres long, and and with row after row of these uh, of these folders uh, in boxes, and so the idea was the the, the idea would uh, uh, it was then called Dangan. That's the word. Was every single person in China when you were born, you got a file, and and your file included your name and your date of birth and everything, and that was the way they did this thing going forward. And so and that was called Dangan. Well, flash forward to today, and there's a lengthy. Uh, New York uh, Times piece that goes through the um, the uh, uh, the newest Chinese initiative, which to spy on the people and they and to keep an eye on the people, and that is this kind of uh, DNA collection. Uh, and, and so the China is gathering DNA and continuing uh, that to build the sort of profile to be able to surveil every aspect of your life. Now, the story in the New York Times is about how it's an American company that sells uh, China the equipment, but I care less about that. I care more about telling you this. At a certain point, as everyone sort of moves away from thinking that privacy matters, they seem to sort of uh, just kind of, you know, well, uh, you know, maybe privacy matters, but maybe not. I didn't talk about Americans. They say it matters, but they watch it being taken over and over again. The fact is our big tech companies have an incredible ability to build the dangan, build the file, just like China. Now, why are the communists? Chinese doing it for control and why are the big tech companies doing it well for control and you know you can say well we can trust the big tech companies maybe maybe but if you're in China do you say well may I don't think the Chinese government will use it for something bad yeah right if you're if you're a Uyghur and you're in a concentration camp, you're pretty sure they're not being fair to you. If you're a Fulon Gong adherent, you're pretty sure they're not being fair to you. If you're a Christian or a, if you're a devout Catholic or an Orthodox Christian or something, 
You're pretty sure they're not doing it good to you, doing well to you. The question of who controls the data, who controls and influences how it uh, shapes behavior, is a huge problem. And in China, the communists make no qualms about what they're doing. They don't bother to pull back. They just say, this is what we're doing. In America, between Amazon and Facebook and YouTube, Google YouTube, really Google. At this point, it's Google and Amazon in my mind. Facebook is a different bird, but still in there. I mean, still huge and all. Has a huge impact on what's going on. And, 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 and it has a, it, it's almost inco- incomprehensible, the power that is being handed over because of our uh, willingness and proclivity to use all the technology and to freely share. So check that story out. I'll put it up on social media. All right. As always, I want to say thank you to Noah, our technical director. does a great job. Happy Father's Day to Noah. He's got a couple of great kids. And also to all the fathers out there. I know I'll be celebrating. Uh, happy Father's Day to everyone. Thank you to Joanna for helping book all the great guests on this program. And please be reminded, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and get signed up for the daily email. You won't miss it. And go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com to track all of our great shows at the Salem Radio Network's San Diego station. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll be back on Monday. I'm Ed Martin. It's the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.